Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. First story I think I'm going to talk about this week is the CCC. We had the match, match number three and round two, Vicious Vic Vandal versus Rinrin Same. Vicious Vic Vandal finally breaks the streak of no promos in round two. He cuts a promo for the CCC. Congratulations to Vicious Vic for doing that. There's a reason why he made the finals in the 2020 CCC, now in the 2021 CCC Create a Competitor Competition. He breaks the promo drought in round two. And based on my observations of the Facebook post, it appears that he has won his match in round two and he will be moving on to round three. This does not mean Rinrin Same is out of it. Two of the losers in round two will move on to round three because round three is a round of eight. He is still in the running. Again, I'd say anybody that you're voting for in round two, if you think someone you're supporting will not make round three by winning their match, still vote because they are going to pick two people who don't win their match in round two to move on to round three. Again, this is not an official result. I don't know for sure that Vicious Vic Vandal is moving on, but it appears that he is. That announcement should happen on the next episode of Talk of the Universe, as well as the announcement of who is participating in match number four. Three matches are done. We're halfway through round two. Three remain. I think the next thing I want to talk about is some of the featured matches from this past week. There were three that I'm aware of. One, I believe, was Sunday, one Tuesday, and one was today. So one was last Sunday, the 19th, late, too late to get on the show, and one was this Sunday, the 26th, as I'm recording this. There was supposed to be a championship match. I talked about it last week. The Tornado Tag Championship was going to be on the line, I want to say, after the dojo. Last Tuesday, it has been rescheduled. It will be after Talk of the Universe this Wednesday, the 29th of June. Pretty Boy Pierce, the Piercer, Ryan Pierce, whatever name you want to call him, is the champion, the challenger, the Italian Bombada. They're going to square off. For the Tornado Tag Team Championship. But let's go through these matches. I'll start with the first featured match from Sunday Night Fights last weekend. This is the second of the four matches that kick off the top cut of Bob Dunn's CCC Impatience Tournament. This was a tournament open to people who are competing in the CCC, those who have already been eliminated, and those who still remain. The Opening rounds, the group stages are done. They had the first match a few weeks back. That was a triple threat, a triad match. The remaining three matches in this opening round of the top cut are all fatal four ways. 
in this fatal four-way, we saw Andrew Mechie, the Harma City hitman, playing as the Mad One, versus Time Bomb Tim, playing as Danny Limelight, versus Peppy Pepper, playing as Kaylee Sweet Pea Perry, versus Jared Tyndall, playing as EC3. This Fatal 4-Way match was played with, for the most part, normal rules. They did use the tag team crowd meter instead of the standard crowd meter for this match. What that means is, if the match had gone deep into the crowd meter, I believe at round crowd meter 6 or so, we start to see limits on save rolls. We start to see gimmicks become blanked. Different things happen in that crowd meter. That didn't come into play because the match did not go beyond crowd meter 2. At crowd meter 2, Jared Tyndall hits his finish and he wins. He moves on to the next round of the top cut in Bob Dunn's CCC tournament. Two matches remain in this opening round of the top cut. We'll just have to see. There's no date and time given for either of those two matches. They, from what I understand, will be on Sunday Night Fights episodes. That's the plan. So look for those to be happening over the next few Sundays. That was the only non-title featured match from this week. The two title featured matches from this week are the Underworld Championship match from this last Tuesday. And then the United States Championship was on the line today. I'll start with the Underworld Championship. The current champion, Kirk Polka, who defeated John Polverino at Origins, has his first defense. He takes on Wrench Monkey. Wrench Monkey, playing as Wrench Monkey, faces Kirk Polka, playing as Scarlet Graves, because that's the competitor John Polverino used when he won the Underworld Tournament at Origins. Wrench Monkey got off to a hot start at the beginning of this match, so much so that Kirk Polka actually uses a bum rushes opponent spectacle early to win a turn roll. And that ends up being the turning point of the match. Kirk Polka wins the majority of the turn rolls going forward. And at crowd meter one, he successfully hits his finish and retains. Kirk Polka remains the Underworld Champion. Congratulations to him for a successful defense. The other match, I did not see. If it was streamed, I missed it. This match was for the United States Championship. The champion, Swaggy D, playing as Swaggy D, took on challenger John Taylor, who, from what I understand, played as Jessica Havoc, and Swaggy D successfully retained. He is still the United States champion. From what I understand, the next challenger for the U.S. championship will be Keith Overby. Keith Overby became the next challenger by winning the United States Championship Tournament at Origins Game Fair using the new face of chaos. So that match, from what I understand, will be happening. Date and time to be announced. That United States Championship was just part of the festivities at Highlander Games in Boonton, New Jersey. They also had a crate a card tournament that day. I'll give you the information 
when I talk about the other online tournaments from this week, although that's an in-person tournament. The last story I want to give you before I get into the tournaments from this past week is Eternal Con. SRG Universe will be at Eternal Con. Eternal Con, I talked about last week, takes place July 2nd and 3rd. That's Saturday and Sunday at the David S. Mack Sports and Exhibition Complex at Hofstra University in Long Island, New York. Looking at the uh, webpage, it appears that a ticket to go both days, $50 for an adult, $22 for children 12 and up. They also have single-day admission tickets, and there's a VIP ticket that's $100. From what I see, cursory glance, it looks like there are tickets for all of these still available. You just go to the Eternal Con website, and there's a link that takes you there. I don't see anything about COVID policy, but I would just say be prepared. Mask, vaccination proof, anything like that. But I don't see anything about that on the website. Outside of this, I don't have any details about what Super Show the Game, what SRG Universe is going to be doing at Eternal Con. I know they're going to be there. I know that Steve Resk posted on his Facebook story an Eternal Con tagged, labeled, con-exclusive card. I don't recall what that card is. I could not find it looking back at his story. I couldn't find it at all, but I know he posted it on his story. But I'm expecting Super Show to be there. I'm expecting the SRG boss to be there. Long Island's in their backyard. Hofstra, I believe, is the alma mater of the general manager, John Clace. So won't be shocked if he's there. Mr. Pop and Twist. Definitely will be at Eternal Con. I have seen him post that on his social media. So look for those guys to be at Eternal Con. That's taking place next weekend as I'm recording this. So next Sunday is July 3rd. So next weekend is Eternal Con for players who are in that New York, Long Island area. I am surprised that I have not seen anything about Eternal Con outside of a couple things here and there. On SRG Universe's social media, you know, on Talk of the Universe. They didn't mention it at all on Talk of the Universe last week. This is the last Talk of the Universe coming up Wednesday before Eternal Con. So hopefully we will see some things there about the news for Eternal Con. But as of right now, no news has been published regarding Eternal Con. I've given you all that I have. And then, like I mentioned last week, two weeks after that, Southern Fried Gaming Expo. I'll give you more as we get closer because there's been no update to anything that I reported on last week. One little, uh, I guess, miscellaneous item before I get into the online and in-person tournaments from this past week that I have information on. On the most recent episode of Talk of the Universe, the Penguin came on, talked about a number of specials that are on supershowthegame.com's website, as well as the Dojo specials. If you're interested in that, listen to the show, check it out. But one thing they brought up is that there is a limited number of the Director of Operations, David Marisak, competitor sets available. I believe he said there were only four as of last Wednesday. And they mentioned his 
submission finish, which is similar to DJ Outlaw's submission finish, that essentially prevent an opponent from increasing their breakout role. One thing that was mentioned was that this makes cards like Pineapple, Trash Can, and Sledgehammer, it makes those cards not function. That is incorrect. What those cards do is they give plus one to a skill during breakout rolls. That is not affected by those cards, by DJ Outlaws or the Director of Operations Submission Finish. There is a difference between increasing breakout rolls and increasing skills during breakout rolls. You can still increase skills during breakout rolls, you just cannot increase the roll itself. So that was incorrect. Cards like Pineapple, Trash Can, and Sledgehammer still will function the way they're supposed to function if an opponent hits either the Director of Operations Submission Finish or DJ Outlaw Submission Finish the Hard Break. I just wanted to clear that up because I saw that talked about on the show. And I was not able to correct that live, so I'm correcting it here. Now on to the online tournaments from this past week. I'm going to start with the Sunday night tournament I could not get to last week, the Who's Your Daddy tournament. In this tournament, in every match, players were assigned a random competitor that would accompany them to the ring, meaning they could use that competitor's gimmick as well as their own gimmick in the match. I don't have data about the preliminary matches, the top cut, the number of players. I can give you the top four. The top four in the tournament were in fourth place playing as Shane Hurricane Helms, Brian Lee. In third place playing as Mimic, Chris Bajillo. The finalists were Hold the Line Harry playing as Ninja Hummingbird, and because Ninja Hummingbird is Hold the Line Harry's daughter, he requested that if he made the finals, he could play himself as the accompanying to the ring, because the idea is the competitor accompanying to you to the ring is your father figure, and so since he is the real-life father of Ninja Hummingbird, he wanted to do that. He was allowed to. His other finalist was Jason Forsone playing as Kenny Omega. The idea was Kenny Omega would be accompanied by his New Japan Pro Wrestling tag team partner, Kota Ibushi. They were the tag team of the Golden Lovers, and he could use Kota Ibushi's gimmick. They accidentally used Blackstar's gimmick, so officially, Kenny Omega was accompanied to the ring by Kota Ibushi, cosplaying as Blackstar. And the winner, and this from what I understand was a hard-fought match, the winner ends up being Jason Forsone. Congratulations to him for winning the Who Is Your Daddy event. Seeing the return of the Dread Pirate Tech Support running events, and it did not stop Sunday because Monday the Dread Pirate Tech Support once again ran the Monday Night Proving Ground event. I don't have a bunch of data on this. I can tell you that after the preliminary rounds, they cut to a top four. All of the matches in the preliminary rounds were dark matches. This was a change. There were going to be a number of blended events. 
two stipulations blended together. I know one was table cage. I believe there was a psycho rules ring of fire stipulation originally proposed, but these all ultimately got changed due to player feedback to all dark matches. So dark matches in the preliminary rounds, and then the top cut ends up being an over-the-top battle royal format, like the grand battle format I love. I'm really excited that came back. I love the over-the-top battle royal format. The top four, and I'll give you the top four in order of elimination, were in fourth place, playing as Ginny, the foil-exclusive competitor, the Italian Mambata. In third place, playing as Colin the Chrononaut, Matt Barone. In second place, playing as Ra Ra Perry, the Harm City Hitman, Andrew Mackey, and the winner of the Monday Night Proving Ground, Ken Fouché, playing as what I believe is his own creation, the new version of the Grim Librarian. Congratulations to Ken Fouché for winning the Monday Night Proving Ground. That brings us to Thursday night. We have Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. There were, from what I understand, 17 players, three groups of four, one group of five in the preliminary stages. Top two players from each group advanced into the top cut. So we cut to a top eight in Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. In the opening round of the top cut, the quarterfinal round, all of the matches were no DQ matches that started at crowd meter one. Very similar to New York rules. The difference is in New York rules, there are no countouts. I don't know if they intended for this to be New York rules or that little subtle change was made on purpose, but that was the quarterfinal round. In the semifinal round, they played the exploding cage stipulation. This was the standard steel cage stipulation with one caveat. Whenever you stop to finish, both players' boards cleared. So essentially stopping a finish card, your card that stops the finish essentially gained the effect of the apocalypse stop. Both boards cleared. And then the finals as well as the third place match were played using the Ring of Fire stipulation. The top four here were, in fourth place, playing as Razzle Dazzle, Matt Barone. That's another top finish for Matt Barone this week, having a good week. In third place, playing as Anastasia Morningstar, the competitor that debuted at Origins Game Fair, Jokerfish. The finalists were Alec Ventresca, playing as one of his favorite competitors, Kenny Omega, and the grump, Danny Thunder playing as, I believe it's Jexy. This is a competitor made by Rust Belt Wrestling in tribute to their late friend, also featured on the Tornado Tag Team Furta Boys. The winner here, playing with that tribute character, the Grump Danny Thunder. Congratulations to him. The Grump wins multiple Thursday Night Fights, so it's not a surprise to see him come out on top here. Congratulations again to him. And then finally, I have information on the Highlander Create a Card event. There were 22 players in the event, five rounds. 
I don't know if those were Swiss or bullet rounds. I'm going to assume Swiss. Again, I'll have incomplete information here. Cut to a top eight. I don't know what they did in the quarterfinals or semifinals, but the finals match came down to Chris Pagillo, the Italian Mambata, playing his new competitor, Flyboy, versus Swaggy D playing his Danny Limelight. In a new stipulation, I believe created by the owner of Highlander Games, the true survivor, Anthony Medvez, this was a Falls Count Anywhere stipulation, which is a stipulation I've thought we should see in the game. So I'm very happy to see it come into the game. It reminds me of another fan-created, player-created stipulation, the Fans Bring the Weapons stipulation, where you use a normal uh, standard crowd meter, and then you also have a, in the case of the Falls Count Anywhere, you have a location deck. In the case of the Fans Bring the Weapons, you have a weapons deck that is a supplemental. I wasn't sure exactly how the uh, locations changed. It looked like it was on a countdown mechanic. And I'm not sure if it's a random assortment or if it's something that is you know, set up to work directly. I only caught part of the match. But I can tell you, watching the match, very good match. I don't know how often the stipulations came in, the locations came in, that is, except there were some locations that prevented you from using certain finishes. And that did, I believe, come up one time. I want to say Swaggy D attempted to use a strike finish and could not because the location prevented him from using a strike finish. But the winner at Crown Meter won, winning himself the ability to create a card for Super Show of the Game. And from what I understand, this is a full create a card. It's not to create an alternate art. So we'll get a brand new card in the game. The winner... The Italian Mambata, Chris Pagillo. Congratulations to Chris Pagillo for winning the Highlander Creative Card Tournament. One thing I just realized I forgot to mention, which is kind of strange because I'm involved in this, but speaking of Chris Pagillo, who is also the general manager running the Trios division, we have the other finalist for the... LFF Trio's number one contender tournament. I reported last week that I'm one of the two finalists. I'm playing as Ursus the Wrestling Bear. The other finalist who defeated the Grump Danny Thunder to make the finals, Michael Kerr, the great Kerrhausen, as the elite. So, Michael Kerr versus Michael Kirk to face the Trio's champion. Date and time to be announced. As far as I know, as of right now, there is no information on that. I don't have any information to give you on when this is supposed to happen. I would not be shocked if it maybe happens on a Sunday night fight, which with Bob Dunn's tournament could be a bit of a crowded field. We'll just have to see. But... I will be facing Michael Kerr for a shot, potentially, at the Trios Championship. And the general manager, John Clace, did announce that my victory in this tournament could lead to my lifetime ban from ever being chosen 
for a shot at a championship being lifted. Personally, I doubt that. I mean, that's that's a little too easy. But that's been put out there that I could potentially see my band get lifted. Will that happen? We'll just have to wait and see. And there's one other thing I'm going to have to add because as I was finishing up, another championship match kicked off at Highlander Games. The LFF Tri-State Championship gets put on the line. The current champion, Thebes Pinkney with Kenny Omega, is put up against Eric Goodhart, who is playing as the second version of Mr. Snap. In, from what I understand, was an impromptu matchup. I don't believe Mr. Pinkney knew going in he would be facing Eric Goodhart. But they have a very long match. It's an LFF Tri-State Championship match, so they are using New York rules. Match starts at crowd meter one. No disqualifications, no countouts. It ends up at crowd meter two, which isn't deep into the crowd meter because it starts at crowd meter one, but it does go quite a long time. Quite a bit of back and forth. The champion looks like he's in control early. Then we see the challenger take over. But in the end, the champion retains at crowd meter two. Thebes Pinckney remains the LFF Tri-State Champion. Congratulations to him. And that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I don't have anything to report about upcoming tournaments, but it's reasonable to assume something may happen Monday. It's reasonable to assume something may happen Thursday. I doubt we'll see much this weekend with Eternal Con. Dojo almost certainly is going to happen Tuesday night. Otherwise, I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.